Hi, it's Garen with Shamrock Roofing and Construction. Need a new roof fast? Consider Shamrock Roofing and Construction. Our rapid repair team will get you a quote within 24 hours and will always repair before we replace. One call does it all. Shamrockroofer.com. We're where you want to be. Baseball with the Royals. If you want to be having a great time. <laughs> the Did the Jack tell you to play this? You know what this bump usually means, at least on the polls? It means David Lesky of Inside the Crown. Oh, really? Okay. Which, by the way, Lesky's going to be on the polls at 325, so you, you're covering your bases. Man, I had no idea. All right. Job well done. Job well done. All right, it's hour number two here on the Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita on 92.3 FM. We're having so much fun that we're kind of running behind in some ways, but hey, that's what happens when you have awesome people on the text line. Continue to use that at 316-247-0923. We also have a hotline if you would like to call. You have about 20 minutes or so to get in your call. 316-669-4996. You will need that number if you want to win $30 worth of Kansas lottery tickets. So if you want the chance to potentially take home some cash, be ready to call. I'll tell you when to call in. I'll tell you. We also have social media. If you want to interact on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, feel free. We are right there as well. Like and follow those pages. I'm Pat Stroppin filling in for Shane Dennis. Shane is on his way to covering some Wichita State baseball. Some big games coming up this weekend for Wichita State Baseball. Brian Green, the new head baseball coach at WSU. Good start this past weekend, taking two of three against Little Rock. Things will get a little bit tougher, though, this weekend. They have a couple of ranked teams that they have to deal with and a pretty notable team that is not ranked. So it should be interesting here this weekend. Shane will be back on Monday. Jack will be back tomorrow, so Jack will be Hailing the show tomorrow and Friday. I will continue to do the polls on Thursday and Friday. So we'll be back to normalcy, somewhat normal. Speaking of Jack, Jack Johnson is gathering all sorts of awesome stuff from Surprise Arizona. Spring training baseball taking place for the Kansas City Royals. We'll talk to him about Eric Cosmer. We'll also talk to him about some news involving the Kansas City Royals when it comes to a partnership with a business, and then after that we'll have I'm Old Kyle's Young. We do need to get to that audio, though. Matt Quatrero spoke to media members earlier today. Also, Jack Johnson talked to Garrett Hampson and John McMillan. We will get to those guys here shortly. First, let's get to Matt Quatrero. Day three of our coverage from Surprise, Arizona. Here is Matt Quatrero. What is impressive about Matt Matthews' training so far? Um, he, you know, I was impressed with him last year for a lot of reasons. I mean, he, he stuck through some really tough times last year. Um, he's super dedicated. He's a guy that puts a lot of time into his craft on and off the field, dedication to his body, his nutrition, all that kind of stuff. Um, and you saw him during the course of the year make great strides defensively, bounce back from a really tough start, bounce back from another injury. So, you know, I was not unimpressed with him last year, and he's just continuing to do it now. Uh, when you guys signed Adam Frazier, 
second baseman and he can play other positions too. Um, but you know, JJ was pretty adamant that Massey still has a spot on this team, um, even as a, a, another lefty too. I guess how did Michael take that news, and um, you know, how, how do you think he can he can help the team? Well, we do think highly of him, and, you know, Frazier's a guy that's got seven years in the big leagues, and Massey's got a year plus, um, and, you know, Frazier's career has been tremendous. We're, you know, Massey's hopeful, and we're hopeful for him that he has that type, if not a better career, so we're going to give him every opportunity to do that, and he's earned those opportunities. Um, how can he help this team this year is to continue to play. You know, Frazier, we were very honest with him as well that, you know, the at-bats are not going to come solely at second base. They're going to move around infield, outfield, and he's a true pro. He really wants to be somewhere where he thinks he has a chance to win. You know, and like you've heard me say a million times, you can never have too many good players. Um, we need that depth. You can't rely on one person for all different various reasons. Um, you know, and so we're happy to have that depth. How great was it to see Chris Bluebush get back onto the mound again? After all, he's been going through a time Johnson. Yeah, rehab is tough, you know, and, and to, to go through that like he did and with a positive attitude, I mean, it was early into the rehab. He was already trying to talk with the pitching guys about things he could do with arm action or pitch types when he gets back thrown. He's a student of the game. He's passionate about getting back, so it's exciting for us to see him out there. And Austin Cox as well. He's out there throwing bullpens. How is he recovering since he had the joint ACL? Tremendously well. He's he's probably a little bit ahead of schedule, I would guess, watching him. I mean, he feels great. He's bouncing around, doing everything. It surprised you that he's uh, throwing bullpens already after just I mean, turning an ACL in September or August, I think it was. Well, I think the biggest part of the ACL recovery, if I'm not mistaken, is the cutting. So the straightforward, the, the being able to throw down the slope, I don't think that's what concerned him. And obviously, didn't have anything wrong with his arm. Uh, Brady Singer was dealing with some injuries last season. How's he been looking so far this spring, and what are some of your expectations for him going into the year? He looks great. He's uh, he's healthy. His back is feeling good. Um, you know, he had a career high in innings last year. Um, so there were some positives within the what everyone considered to be a, a down year. Brady's probably among the most motivated to to get back to the form that he knows he can be. So we're expecting that. Well, Will's, the, the, the thing that Will did the day J.J. signed him was ask, all right, what do we do now? Who do I have to go talk to? Yeah, he wants winning players around him. Um, you know, so that's contagious, and that's fun to see. How do you think he mentors the young guys Similarly to, to what I said earlier, he, you know, by doing what he does. You know, we don't bring, we don't sign players and ask them to come in and be coaches. They, they're here, this is their career, and it's a short window. Now, for Will being in year... 12, 13, 14, whatever it is, you know, his career is far longer than most. But at the same time, he's still here to perform and be a player on this team and be part of the group of players in that locker room. So we don't want him to do anything other than what he's what he does naturally. John McMillan told me today that he feels pretty good. He's feeling healthy so far in camp. What's the upside for a guy like that with an electric arm? Oh, high-end, back-end relief, high leverage. I mean, he's upper 90s to 100 with a wipeout slider. Power arm, a young guy, you know, from where he came last year, starting in low A to the big leagues. I mean, really, there's no no reason to put any sort of ceiling on him because who knows what it could be. Do you think there's a role that you want to put him in, you know, before the season, or is he going to be flexible anywhere from the sixth inning to the ninth inning on? 
Yeah, first we have to get him, you know, he feels good now. We have to put some workload on him. You know, he didn't pitch the last however many weeks of the season last year. And so we need to make sure he's healthy. That's first and foremost. And we're not going to dial him into any one particular role. Okay. Yep. Thank, you. Thank, you. All right. Thank you. All right. That's Matt Quatrero from earlier today. Speaking of John McMillan, it was a very, it was a very long conversation with Jack Johnson and John McMillan probably wondering who is this guy well he was in jasper texas he was drafted by the tampa bay rays in the 21st round of the 2016 major league baseball draft didn't sign with the tigers or i should say he didn't sign with the rays and then he also decided to go play texas tech baseball in 2018 he played collegiate summer ball with the the Chatham Anglers, hopefully I'm saying that right, of the Cape Cod Baseball League. After his junior year, he was drafted by the Detroit Tigers in the 11th round of the 2019 Major League Baseball draft. But again, he did not sign and returned to Texas Tech for his senior season. After going undrafted in the 2020 Major League Baseball draft, he signed with the Royals, assigned to single-A Columbia to begin the season, later being promoted to high-A Quad Cities River Bandits, after posting a 2.7 ERA, 2.70 ERA in 13 games, he was again promoted to AA Northwest Arkansas, where he logged a stellar .87 ERA with 30 strikeouts and five saves in 20 and two-third innings pitched. In August of 2023, he was selected to the 40-man roster and promoted to the major leagues for the first time. He was placed on the 15-day injured list shortly after that with a strained right forearm retroactive to August 28th. Now he's back with the Kansas City Royals. And how healthy is he feeling? Jack Johnson did have a chance to talk to him about his health. We're here with John McMillie down here in Surprise at Kansas City Royals Spring Training. John, first things first, I think everybody wants to know about your health. How are you feeling so far going into spring? Uh, so far, so good. Had a good progression, good build-up. Uh, looking forward to seeing hitters soon. And uh, hoping we continue on the track run right now. And you're one of the hardest-throwing guys in this bullpen right now. Where do you think you'd rank yourself among the team in terms of your fastball velocity? <laughs> uh, I guess it would depend on the day, but... Uh, you know, it's just it's a cool spot to be in. There's a lot of talented guys here, and uh, looking forward to learning from some of the other guys. And uh, you know, the people will come out when it does. And lastly, you were a damn good hitter in college. Everybody knows that. Do you feel like you could still hit at this level? I don't know if it's like a stroke of arrogance or what it is, but <laughs> man, there's I still itch to get in the cage and to get out on the field so much. Uh, don't write it off yet. You know, crazier things have happened. John, thanks so much for your time, yeah, man. Thank you. All right, so we could see him hitting. <laughs> probably not that is very very unlikely but still how is this helpful so far so good he could be an interesting guy to watch this year for the kansas city royals one of those guys to, to really keep an eye out on when it comes to spring training meanwhile jack johnson had a chance to speak with garrett hampson he was drafted by the colorado rockies in the third round in 2016 he spent his first professional season with the Boise Hawks, where he batted 3-on-1 with two homers. He was in the 19th best prospect in the Rockies system prior to 2017. He then went to the Miami Marlins. He was called up to the majors for the first time in July of 2018, made his major league debut that day, 
In his first season, he hit 275 with four RBIs and two stolen bases. In 2019, he had the fastest sprint speed of all major league second basemen, so the guy's got some wheels. In 2022, he was non-tendered, became a free agent. Hampson signed a minor league deal with the Marlins in 2022. On March 15, 2023, selected to the 40-man roster option. The AAA kind of bounced around, and now he's with the Kansas City Royals. Last November, he signed a one-year contract worth $2 million. So let's hear from Garrett Hampson. Jack Johnson had a chance to visit with him. We're with Garrett Hampson, new Royal, uh, here down in Surprise, Arizona at spring training. Garrett, uh, first time here with the team. You come over from Miami. What's the vibe been like just down here in the first couple days? Oh, it's been great. Just trying to get to know, know everybody, try to get the names right to start. But otherwise, uh, it's been awesome getting down here in Surprise, staying in Arizona, which was nice for me, living in Scottsdale. So, yeah. Uh, Spend a couple, couple more days with the family and just getting getting the season rolling. It feels good. Now, I talked to a couple of the super utility guys here about what their most comfortable position is. I know you can play tons of positions, infield, outfield, doesn't really matter to you. What feels best for you, though? What feels like home? Uh, I grew up a shortstop, so I, I mean, I'm, I'm always going to say I feel probably most comfortable at shortstop, but the ability to move around I know is, is valuable for me, and, and uh, so I take pride in being able to kind of move around. I feel really comfortable in the outfield now, so um, yeah, I would say just trying to stay sharp in all the positions. Now, speed's one of the best parts of your game, and this is a very fast team with lots of elite guys in that category, so where would you say right now you rank in terms of the fastest guys on the team? Oh, I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, I'm sure there's numbers out there, but Unless there's a there's a race here in camp, I guess we'll never really really know. Garrett, thanks so much for your time. Right, I appreciate it. Thank you. And those are the fun questions that you can ask some of these guys at spring training. You might not be able to ask that when you're at the clubhouse and so on and so forth. So glad that Jack had a chance to do that. I know he's been having a blast and surprised Arizona. He'll be making the trek back to uh, the Midwest. Coming up, I believe tonight, he'll be back on the show tomorrow. He'll be the one to be the guy to do the show from 12 to 2 here on the Shane Dennis Show, filling in for Shane on Thursday and Friday. 316-247-0923 is the text line. The hotline number is 316-669-4996. You need to call that right now if you have any interest in potentially winning some cash. Kansas lottery tickets, $30 worth. We got you covered. This is the Cash Blitz instant ticket giveaway. Must be 18 years of age or older to enter. Keep the fun going when you become a Kansas Lottery Play On member. Join today by going to playonkansas.com and sign up. It is free to join. The Play On app offers you the ability to check your tickets, enter drawings, and receive notifications on the latest promotions and events from the Kansas Lottery. 316-669-4996. Be the first caller. 316-669-4996. Be caller number one to win $30 worth of Kansas Lottery instant tickets. 316-669-4996. When we return, 
We'll have Jack Johnson on the show from Surprise, Arizona. That's coming away next here on the Shane Dennis Show. This is State of Emergency. What you want me to do? I'm sorry. All right. Welcome back. This is the Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. Coming up in just a little bit, I'm old Kyle's Young. That should be fun. Normally, it's I'm old Jack's Young. And speaking of the young Jack Johnson, he joins us on the hotline right now from Surprise, Arizona. Jack Johnson, how is the how is the action in Surprise, Arizona? It's fantastic. And, you know, I was about to, to rub it in with the weather, but it sounds like the weather might be even better back there. Uh, so that's good news. They're not coming it's back to nice. 40 degrees. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's nice. <laughs> that, that, that dumb rodent was right uh, for the first time ever. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's going great down here. Lots of, lots of activity, lots of action. Uh, we're about to head off to the airport here in a few hours, so everything's all wrapped up um, for the media side of things at least for us, but, of course, lots coming uh, throughout the rest of the week. They got their first game on Friday against the Rangers, who share the complex with them. But it is a, it's a treat, man, to, to see a lot of this up close and personal, up close in action. The fans got a chance the other day. I think it was Monday for the first full squad workout to uh, kind of sit outside the complex, sit there in the bleachers, and maybe the closest they, they get to a lot of these big leaguers this season because even if you do go to games at Kauffman Stadium, you don't get – uh, this close to all the players. So really cool deal. Uh, lots of juice in camp so far. Uh, chemistry looks good, and, and they're having a lot of fun. Yeah, so who are some of the ones that really stood out to you so far to this point? Let's start from a hitting perspective. Who are some of the ones that you've watched and go, okay, that uh, that looks good? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a good question. And, you know, the other day, I think it was Tuesday, um, I, was at, I was at the complex kind of bouncing around between the fields because, uh, kind of like in the same way at St. Joe for training camp for the Chiefs, they, they all kind of separate into spots, and there's a horn, and they, they rotate, you know, in groups. And so I was watching a field that had, you know, Bobby Wood Jr., Vinny Pasquantino, Michael Massey, um, I think Adam Frazier, a couple of the new guys over there. So I was you know, sticking over there, wanted to see Bobby Wood Jr. hit and Vinny hit. All of a sudden, I was hearing this loud crack of the bat, just an explosion off the bat, like again and again and again. And I turned over, and it was the outfield group. And I'm thinking, okay, that must be uh, you know Nelson Velasquez. That might be Hunter Renfro. Guys with huge power. I mean, the ball was flying. It just jumping off the bat and just consistently sounded like a car crash every time the, the ball was hit. And I walk over there, and it was Michael Garcia. And for some reason with the outfielders, I think it was more so for numbers than anything, that you know the infielders had a lot of guys. The outfielders didn't have much. And he's over there just smoking the ball, scalding the ball consistently. And – you know, I thought he was going to be somebody that came into camp the most ready to go. He spent a lot of time in the the Venezuelan Winter League and played very well there. I actually talked to him the other morning and asked him about all the flair and the bat flips and the chirping with other dugouts and asked him if he thought that was going to translate over to Kansas City. He said, absolutely, I plan to do it this year. So this is a guy uh, that is starting to see the type of player that he can become. And I think others are taking notice as well. He was you know, walking with George Brett the other day, Brett was giving him some pointers uh, on things. And, you know, he's gone from, oh, this guy could be good to, wow, this guy actually is really, really good. Pitching-wise, 
let's just dive into this before we go, get into the other pitchers. What's the positive news that you're hearing on Asa Lacey? Yeah, uh, so we were setting up outside the outside the the training room, basically where we set up every single day, and and Seren Petra had the chance to sit down with uh, Paul Gibson, minor league pitching coordinator, and mm-hmm. you know just kind of you know talking a little ball, and, and Petra's asking him some questions on some guys, and then you know of course Asa Lacey's got to come up, right, and. And I think everybody's going to, you know, make the jokes of, oh, so he's actually alive. He's not disappeared like he did last year. Uh, but from what Paul Gibson was telling us, you know, he's here, he's healthy. And from what they've seen off season with his workouts, what they've seen so far, they're very pleased. They're very impressed. Now, I do need to throw a little bit of a caveat in there. He said, you know, last off season, we felt good too. Like we felt like he was uh, good to have a, a good season. Uh, but what was different this time around and what he told us was that they feel like they've identified uh, some of the mechanical flaws that led to some injuries, um, some back injuries and some shoulder problems. They feel like they've you know, made his delivery a little bit more smooth and it's helped his stuff overall. It's little. It's, it's you know, things that we can you know, take with a grain of salt. You don't need to, you know, take it and say, oh, wait, the way he looks good, he must be throwing 99 and 100 now. No, I think more of it is he's healthy, he's here. Um, he now knows that the pressure's off him a little bit because even last year was, hey, when is this guy going to be here? I think now this offseason has been like, okay, if he makes it, cool, but I'm not really counting on Ace Lacy anymore. And I think that can help him out a lot. This is this is still a guy that uh, I think can find a way to get to the big leagues if he figures it out health-wise. I think the stuff is there. Um, I think if, if the health-wise thing was also you know contributing to the lack of command, the walk rate, you know, I was talking – uh, with a couple of guys, uh, I can't remember who actually told me this, uh, but basically going over eight to Lacey in the same conversation, the same kind of group, and he was telling me that I had a buddy, I had a coach uh, that was down in Texas, and they played Texas A&M when Ace Lacey was throwing, and he had tons of experience watching college ball, tons of experience as a scout, and he was like, that was the best college pitcher I've ever seen. That uh, was the most dominant college pitcher I've ever seen, and when he gets to the big leagues, it should be easy for him. It should be effortless, and it's not supposed to be easy, right? But for him... It has been hard. It's been harder than usual, and the injuries, they continue to pile up. I'm sure the mental part of it was not good, but good news for him just from a human standpoint. He's here, he's healthy, and so far they're pleased with what they've seen. What about the other pitchers? I know you had a chance to speak with John McMillan, and I heard Matt Quatrero. We played that audio moments ago. He seems to be – he seems to like the potential. That's there with John McMillan, the type of arm that he has – what are what are some of the the thoughts that you have on the pitching staff that's there outside of a guy by the name of Asa Lacy? Yeah, I think this is a group that is really well rounded. Uh, I think the bullpen has stabilized, and a lot of these guys know each other. It was fascinating to hear that you know Will Smith was one of the first guys uh, they signed that bullpen, and he went straight to JJ Bacol and was like, "Who else do you need? Who, who do you want me to start talking to? I'll get people here. I know how to get people here." and Lo and behold, you know, he's calling Seth Lugo. And Seth Lugo told us that minutes after he got his contract with Kansas City, he gets a, a text from Michael Walkie. He's like, hey, man, congratulations. He's the first person to congratulate me. And he's like, hey, you should you should come down here as well. And Michael Walkie's like, well, you know, I've been talking to him. And 24 hours later, he signs there. And so I think what's good, more than just the talent, is a lot of these guys are comfortable around each other. There's a lot of chemistry among the pitching staff. And it seems easy when these guys jump in like, there's so many new faces. There's so many new acquisitions. Like, John Schreiber got here yesterday, and he's already mucking it up with everybody. He, they're all just this big, you know, uh, close, tight-knit group. And, 
you know, from so far from a couple of the bullpen sessions that I've seen, you know, these guys look good. These guys look focused. They look motivated. There's a lot of analytics uh, that have gone into it. They've got a lot of different technology out there that are helping out these guys, lots of different studies that they're doing. And, you know, I, I can't speak to how good they're going to be if it's all going to come together. A lot of that is randomness and just the odds of baseball. But what I can tell you is they feel very confident about this group. Uh, whereas last year, it was more so crossing your fingers, hoping for the best. Uh, and it was a lot of guys that were run down by the end of the year. They were exhausted. They were tired. They were banged up. There's a lot of reinforcements here. There's a lot of guys that I think are good enough to make a major league roster. And quite frankly, they won't. Uh, there's just too many spots to fill this rotation. When you can say you're one of your most expensive contract deals ever as a franchise, as your number three pitcher in Seth Lugo, you've significantly raised the floor. And I know I've said that a lot this offseason, but it is it is the case. This team lost 106 games last year, and that's not lost on anybody. Uh, but what they want to do is ensure that they never come close to that again. They're not even losing close to 100. They are competing year in and year out. And with this team, you can mock them, you can laugh at them and say, oh, it's the spring training hope. They legitimately believe that they can win this division. I heard multiple times in the conversation I had, playoffs was brought up. We want to make the playoffs. We want to win enough to get to the playoffs. We want to compete in this division. They're tired about hearing of the Twins. They're tired of hearing about the Tigers. They want to be that team that can go out there and surprise a lot of people. What does the uniform, the jersey, look like with the QT on the side? Are they rocking them today? They're they're not. Those, I I think, are for the regular season. They've been rocking... The, the new hats, though, that's, that's been another talking point. The spring training hats, the batting practice hats are, are a big hit. They are very much thrilled with it. It looks clean. It looks nice. Um, but I guess with their little promotional video of the QT on the side, uh, I, I think they like it. I mean, I'm a big fan of Quick Trip. I think everybody's a fan of Quick Trip. I can't uh, <laughs> say I agree with the, the location and the color of having red on a white and blue uniform, but that's not really <laughs> my place to talk about it. Uh, I love Quick Trip, and maybe they can get some Quick Trip deals at the stadium uh, coming up here in, in a few weeks. Yeah, Marco Marquez doing backflips right now. He's he's yeah. thrilled. He's thrilled for that. Eric Hosmer calls it a career. We played some uh, of the highlights earlier today. Your thoughts on him calling it a career, and is he in the? Does he belong in the Royals Hall of Fame? Does he get there? Um, you know, I think he will belong in the Royals Hall of Fame because at the end of the day, he was probably the most recognizable guy of those fourteen and fifteen runs. I mean, he was a he was a megastar here. Uh, he was an icon here, and even though Salvador Perez, I, I think, is more so embodied the face of the franchise because he was here longer, and I don't think Hosmer was the best player on the team. I think it was Lorenzo Cain. But he was just, you know, a guy that was the leader. I think that he was the front and center guy. He was the leader. Um, he had a fiery personality. Uh, he had so much expectation coming out of the draft. He was one of Dayton Moore's first draft picks. From the time he was in high A to Kansas City, people were calling him the next big thing. And I know Alex Gordon got that treatment. But Hosmer was right behind him. I think you put him in that category of, like, that cranky and uh, of Alex Gordon and Eric Hosmer, all three together, of you know, from the time they were 18, 19, 20 years old, it was, oh, you have to be good. You can't be a bust. You, you have to be this guy that contributes, contributes at such a high level, and you don't have a choice uh, to refute that. You, you are going to be a star for this team, and you know he lived up to a lot of that. Uh, if he never won a World Series, I don't know if he gets into the Royals Hall of Fame. I think the numbers were, were good, but there were obviously some down years. 
But overall, as a guy, I mean, he's so damn recognizable. He was so popular back then. He had so many iconic moments in the postseason. I mean, he had the the go-ahead hit in Game 6 of the ALCS in 2015, the walk-off in Game 1 of the World Series. He had the, the two-run shot in Game 4 of the ALCS in Houston, that wild come-from-behind win. I mean, I think every Royals player would tell you on, on that team and every coach and every front office member, he belongs in the Royals Hall of Fame. He, he really was a guy that was so easy to root for. I thought he was great with the fans. He just, he really was the perfect fit uh, for this city. And uh, good on him to know when to call it quits. And he's already got something lined up. A lot of guys, uh, they'll keep trying and trying and trying and just can't walk away from the game. It seems like Haas is happy with this decision. Uh, I'm happy for him. Uh, I think this is a really cool deal for him and, and can't wait to listen to his podcast moving forward. Yeah. Well, that's the movement. If you're a player and you get into the podcast game, you got a legit shot at doing some big things. So I, too, am looking forward to Eric Hosmer and his podcast going forward. And, of course, everyone's looking forward to the return of Jack Johnson. Jack, hope you had a great time in Surprise, Arizona. State travels back. Thanks for joining us here today, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for having me on, Pod. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Sounds good, man. Jack Johnson out there. In Surprise, Arizona, Royals insider Jack Johnson, who also does a fantastic podcast, just FYI. We're lucky to have him, and he's going to be on the air tomorrow for us from 12 to 2 on Thursday and Friday until Shane Dennis returns on Monday. Jack did some incredible stuff out there. Got a lot of insight from him, and looking forward to Royals baseball here in 2024. Let's take a break. Our final one here for the show. When we come back, we will do I'm Old Kyle's Young. Some potential big names on both dead days and birthdays. That's next here on The Shane Dennis Show. This is the Shane Dunn Show on ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. Kyle Collier filling in for Jack Johnson. I'm Pat Scroffman filling in for Shane. Coming up, The Pulse with me from 2 to 4. After that, we have Saran Petro with the program. And then uh, the Road to Hartman Arena KCAC doubleheader of the week in Sterling. As the Warriors take on uh, the Oklahoma Wesleyan Eagles. I don't know if I know this band. What is this song called? Just Dance? Nope. You may not know the band. I completely understand that. But this song was the was the number for a famous dance scene in a, in a, in a pretty famous comedy movie. What's the song called, though? It's not called Dance? Nope. The song is called Canned Heat. I have no clue. <laughs> the, uh, I have, the, the man I have who danced no to this chance. song. The man who danced to this song, he, he 
he was famous for wearing a shirt that said "Vote for Pedro." So Napoleon Dynamite is where this is coming That's from. That's right. That's right. What an awful movie, by the way. <laughs> I'm sorry. You might like it. I I despise Napoleon Dynamite. I I made fun of a guy, and I should have done it because you can choose whatever movie you want to watch on a first date, but. Yeah, we're watching Napoleon Dynamite, and I'm like, bro, oh, of all the movies to that's watch. That's a bad choice, yeah. No, I agree with not you. not a good choice. My wife and I, very first movie that we saw, she had never seen Top Gun. Oh, that's a fantastic So we watched movie. Top Gun, and yeah. it was fantastic. Big fan. And now she knows what Top Gun is all about. I have no idea, dude. No clue. This is... It's not Bruno Mars, so nope. I don't know who the heck nope. this, this is. This is uh, Jamaraquai. Yeah, no chance. <laughs> None. Zero chance. All right, well, this is I'm Old da- <laughs> Kyle's Young. I almost said David because I had a guy just, David, who just sent me a text. I'm Old Kyle's Young. Time to return fire here. Born on this day in 1983, Braylon Edwards. He is a... Uh- Former wide receiver for the Browns. Good start. Can you believe he actually made the Pro Bowl one year? He was a second team All Pro in 20. It was 2007. I can't get over that. Braylon Edwards was a second team All Pro back in his day. I can't believe I got the Browns right there. That was a shot in the dark there. <laughs> wow, we just we just got serious here. I see your Napoleon Dynamite as a first state movie and raised you Passion of the Christ. Wow. Was that yours, Dexter? <laughs> if so, I need details. Details now. Did you get a second date? Yes. <laughs> Born on this day in 1977, Steve Francis. Uh, former uh, NBA All-Star. The uh, franchise. He was a New York Nick. The franchise. He was a Orlando Magic. That's what he was. He was also part of the Houston Rockets. Yeah, the franchise, man. Steve Francis. Francis. Born on the stay in 1977. Now nah, you probably won't get that one. I'm trying to be nice. I'm not trying to give you tough ones. If I don't recognize him, I probably shouldn't say it. So let me... Ooh, there you go. A, cr- a cricket player. I'm sure you'll get that one right. Born on the stay in 1969, J.D. Gibbs... I'm going to go baseball because I know several players with the name J.D. Wrong one. I should have said not big four. Team owner of Joe Gibbs Racing. (laughs) See, that one I feel like you should know, though, at least. Born on this day in 1968, Terry Allen. Mm. Uh, Let me ask. Big four? Yes. Ah. Well, I've given it away that I don't know, so let me let me go basketball. Football. He was a running back for the Minnesota Vikings and the Washington Commanders. Back then, not named the Commanders, obviously. Born on this day in 1968, Pelham McDaniels. It's not a very good day, Kyle, I'm just saying. Man. 
<laughs> I'm I'm just so lucky I got Braylon Edwards. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's it's a tough day. It's a tough day. Uh, let me take a stab. Big four. Yes. Mm. Let, let's go baseball. Uh, football. Play for the Chiefs. NFL defensive lineman. Let's see what else do I got for you here. Not big four. Born on the state in nineteen sixty-seven. Leroy Burrell. Mm. <laughs> mm. Yeah, tough day. Tough day for me. That's all right. Oh, it's tough. Let's it's, go. It's, uh, it's, it's tough. Not big four, you said? Not big four. Uh, golfer. An Olympian. Four by 100 meter relay. Olympic gold. World championship gold in 1991. Pretty fast. Pretty fast. Born on this day in 1958, Alan Trammell. You should know this one. That's a Detroit Tigers a Hall of Famer. That is a Detroit Tigers Hall of Famer. World Series MVP in 1984. Six-time Major League Baseball All-Star. There you go. You're back on the board. I doubt you know who Bob Ryan is. Born on this day in 1946, Bob Ryan. Sounds I remember like him a... because he was on TV. Okay. He's a He's a journalist. Yeah, nope, would not have got it. I would have guessed a pitcher. Yeah. Born on a stay in 1925. He's, he's an oldie. Jack Ramsey. Uh, he was a coach. I can't remember NBA or uh, or college, but he was a basketball coach. I know that. Good. Portland Trailblazer coach. There we go. 1977 NBA champs. Job well done. There you go. You're back. Swinging on over the dead day. Dying on this day at the age of 73 in 2021, Doug Wilkerson. Oh, I've heard this name. Mm. Definitely should know him. Yeah, I know. I feel like you should know him, but that's just me. Hit me with it. Former Charger, Ah. Pro Bowl in 1980, 81, 82. First team all pro in 82. Dying on this day in 2020, Phil Maloney. Sounds like a mobster. <laughs> Died at the age of 92. Uh, let's go baseball. Uh, hockey. Played for the Bruins, Maple Leafs, Blackhawks. Was a coach of the Vancouver Canucks. What else we got here? Dying on this day in 1977, Henry Jordan. Oh, man. Uh, let's go baseball. Died at the age of 42 from a heart attack. American Pro Football Hall of Fame defensive tackle. Man. Super Bowl in 67, 68, seven-time All-Pro, four-time Pro Bowl. Also played for the Browns Packers. Dying on this day in 1974, very famous Tim Horton. Oh, man. This is another name I should know, like Doug Wilkerson. Uh, let's go football. <sighs> Ever heard of Tim Hortons as a restaurant? Yeah, I have. Oh, it was founded by a hockey player. <laughs> Not he a banner day car- for me. Good he Lord. died in a car crash at the age of 44. Pretty famous. Pretty famous death. Dying in that car crash. All right, there's ACDC. All righty. Well, Cal, thanks for filling in on the Shane Dennis Show. 
thing is, you're not done. You still have another two hours to go. I still have another two hours to go. The Pulse with me, Pat Strothman, coming your way from 2 to 4. We'll tell you all about the lineup. We might have some giveaways. We might not. Just got to find out as we get to that point. Two more hours to go with me and Kyle. Hope you can stick around and join us for the Pulse straight ahead here on ESPN Wichita.